Hey everyone, Mario Selenas here. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates Daily Podcast. Delighted to be back with you with story time. And this one's close to home. When we have children, I believe every parent has a desire and perhaps also a determination to be the absolute best parent he or she can be. And when you look at that child that is completely helpless for so long and relies on our capability and our responsibility over them to survive for one, but also to grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, you realize that it is such an important task and perhaps one of the most important tasks anyone can ever have on this earth. And when we looked at our three children in that state as little babies, Danielle and I, like millions of other parents out there, if not billions, determined in our hearts that we would be the absolute best parents we could be. The problem is, as life goes on and as the years roll by and the circumstances of their lives, our children's lives, and especially going through schools and, 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 and mingling with other children and having adults in and out of their lives uh, as our friends and families. And, and then the ministry itself, things happen that make it, I want to say, impossible to be those perfect parents or those ideal parents, I should say, that we determine to be when we first set eyes on those children that the Lord gave us. And this story is one that speaks to that particular issue. And hopefully it will appeal to parents and grandparents, but also to everyone who at some point messed up, no matter how hard you tried to do right. Recently, there was an event that took place. I was the keynote speaker at a very important speaking engagement, and I want to describe that. The speaking engagement took place at my home, and the audience was my 20-year-old son, Caleb, and my 18-year-old daughter, Chloe. Chloe happened to be back from college for a break. Caleb happened to be home, though he doesn't live at home anymore. And I felt it was the right time to address that audience for one of the most important keynote speaks I would ever have. And the subject at hand was to ask for their forgiveness. And here's why. I realized recently, after retiring from pastoral ministry and having some time to process the 16 and a half years of being a senior leader of a church, the 11 years before that being an associate leader in a church, and all these 20, almost 27, 28 years of ministry, I realized that during that time, I failed to be the parent that I determined I was going to be when I first set eyes on my children by doing what I consider to be one of the worst things a parent can do and it's not being around. 
It wasn't by choice. It wasn't because I abandoned them. It wasn't because I didn't want to play with them or be with them or spend a lot of quality time with them. It's because my work demanded of me extensive times away from my family. And I had requirements on my life in those years that were so critical and formative for them, any time between their their early teens all the way up until now, that my travels in, in particular, but also my other engagements and involvement in the world of church and, and religious activity and also ministry of all kinds, it took me away from them. And it was something that I was aware of while it was happening, but I didn't really realize the impact of that absence until on the other side of ministry life, I was able to look back and realize there was a void, there was a gap, there was something I missed and something they missed because I missed that too. And it was this this connection. Now we have good relationships, we have deep talks. I do believe our children want to be around us. Uh, in fact, there's there's not a day that goes by that we're not in some kind of contact with all three of our children. And yet, I wouldn't allow the fact that we are close, that the kids don't hate me but love me and want to be around me, I wouldn't allow that fact to absolve me from whatever part I had in that failure to be near them when they needed me most. So this is one of those moments where you are at fault, but it's not entirely, completely your fault because you didn't choose to be away. You didn't abandon them and ran away. You had to work. You had to make a living. You had to go to the night shift that you were working. You had to leave early in the morning before they were up. You had to be traveling to the nations, as was my case. And even though every time I left, I had a date with them before I left, as much as I could I could make it happen, I would try to. And then when I would get back, I would bring them gifts and I would share with them whatever I received financially and they would get cuts. Uh, many of you know the stories that know us well. They would receive cuts from my honorariums and they would uh, start building their own investment accounts and their own bank accounts and start growing because of what we were receiving and how we were growing. In spite of all these things, there was one aspect of my absence that made it impossible for me with anything I could do before or after those trips that I could make up for it. And that was my absence. It was the fact that I, their father, wasn't around during their teenage years when they needed me most. It had to be that way. If I had to do it over, it would probably still be that way. And yet, I am responsible. And one of the things I learned from Scripture is that some of the great leaders that we look to and and respect, uh, leaders like Ezra and Nehemiah and also Moses, and, and later on we'll see this with Solomon as well when he makes a dedication of the temple, and then the apostles themselves in the New Testament, the apostle Paul, we find that they became the intercessors, true intercessors who would stand in the gap and take the responsibility 
for what they actually didn't do themselves, for something they weren't responsible because they uh, willfully and premeditatively sinned, and yet the nation sinned, the people sinned, and they were part of that nation, they were part of the people. And so when they repented, they took responsibility, even though they may not have been directly involved in what went on. And I found from their stance of humility, something to grab a hold of and to be inspired by, so that I could find the courage to face those that I sinned against, even by default, even because of the circumstances that gave me no other choice, so I could humble myself and make things right, even though I couldn't have done anything different at the time. I hope you're getting this. And so, instead of trying to make explanations and give uh, multiple reasons and tell them that if I didn't go out and travel for three weeks at a time to Asia, for example, or to Europe, or uh, to various parts of the world, I couldn't have provided for you to be able to live in the town that we did, to do the activities that you did, to involve, be involved in the sports you were involved in. Instead of making excuses and trying to explain my position to get them to, to feel better about my absence, I acknowledged my part in the absence and said, I want to apologize to you. This was the event. I want to apologize to the two of you. I've, I had already had this conversation with our oldest son, Christos, who's married and has children and, and, and lives um, in Old Saybrook still uh, when we have moved to another town in Connecticut. And so I was in that town in our new home with our children. And I said to Caleb and Chloe, I need to ask your forgiveness for my absence during some critical formative times in your lives. Uh, when you were going through adolescence, when you were... Uh, dealing with all these different dynamics of, of peer pressure and social issues and teachers that were difficult and administrators that wanted you to conform to a homogenized system of education when you have so much in you that transcends all that. I wasn't there to back you up, to stand with you, to be an encouragement to you. We did everything through texts and Marco Polos and video conferencing calls and FaceTime, but it's not enough. And I realized that there was a void. There's something we missed in our relationship because I wasn't around. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And one of the things that I wrote about in the book, uh, Tables and Platforms, uh, which is continuing to amaze me in how it's, in how it's going around the world is, is I talked about the anatomy of, the anatomy of repentance, the anatomy of asking for forgiveness if 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 we are going to be truly repentant we must take responsibility and not try to make excuses for why we did what we did and not try to put on the other person uh, some responsibility for what we did we own it 100 percent and that's the anatomy of an apology that's actually the name of the of the of the section in the book and that's what I followed in my own difficult moment where I had to face my children and say, listen, when I look back after processing those years, I find myself at fault for having been away for as much as I had been. I don't know that I could have done it different. And yet this is what I did. And in that I am wrong. And maybe you're listening to this and you have children whom you have 
had a commitment to be the best parent to just like we did, a desire to excel in parenting. Uh, maybe you have children that um, are, are very even keel and, and, and very kind and warm hearted towards you and everything goes smoothly. And yet you find yourself that at times because of the circumstances, because of the challenges of life, because of unexpected things that take place, you have failed them. Uh, if that's you, I hope you take courage from this to say to them, to, to arrange an event such as the one I'm describing, where you are the keynote speaker at a table meeting with your family at the table where you ask forgiveness. I actually did the same thing with my wife because when the children were little, I had very little to do with their upbringing, with their raising in terms of the things that they needed the most, like changing diapers and, and burping them and all those things. I, I, I kind of grew up in a culture where those things were um, a woman's job. And I know that that sounds so wrong in our society today, and yet that was the culture I was raised in. And, and it took years for me to change and to realize that's really not the way it should be. We need to pitch in and do our part. And I had to apologize to Danielle for that and also for my absence all those years and, and the various things that, that got missed in our relationship and, in, and especially in my presence to help her with the raising of our children and to be a support during difficult years in the school systems and so on. And, and I tell you, the, the result was so extraordinary. And I want to believe that those of you who, for any reason, not just to your children, but it could be a coworker, it could be an employer, it could be a friend, for whatever reason, when you take that stance of humility and you say, I'm going to own this and I'm going to ask forgiveness, I believe you could have the same result. And what happened in our case after this event that I'm describing the kids actually opened up their hearts and said they were aware the whole time that I was gone, that there was something we were missing that we would never be able to get back. We would never be able to get back those years. We would never be able to have those times together because the time was going by and they were growing up and so was I. However, they recognized that I did what I had to do and to them that was an inspiration. For them, that was exemplary, and they both expressed that in their own way, in a way that I knew they weren't trying to make me feel good. It's something they had thought about. It's something they had processed, and had I not come to the table to ask forgiveness, they wouldn't have had the opportunity to express their appreciation for doing what I had to do in those in those uh, six, seven or eight years of traveling so extensively to establish something that would enable us to grow as a family and to grow our platform and to carry out our assignment on the earth. I want to encourage you to consider the anatomy of an apology and the very aspect of your responsibility in something that went wrong, something that can't be revoked, can't be changed, and yet it can't be overturned because of God's grace and the blood of Yeshua, when we apologize the right way. And may you find the same grace and the same mercy even, and the same understanding around your table as I did around mine, uh, now and always. I bless you and your nations and your tribes and your households and all that your hands are set to accomplish on this earth. In the name of Yeshua.
until we speak again. Shalom.